0: You're listening to the EFC podcast. Canadians are responding to the federal government's invitation to participate in an online consultation about the expansion of medical aid and dying in Canada. This is an opportunity to weigh in on a crucial issue in our country, and Canadians are clearly seeing it as important. Julia Baisley, the EFC's Director of Public Policy, sheds light on the context of this consultation and walks us through what Christians concerned about made need to know about the survey and the most life-affirming ways to answer some of the questions. I'm Karen Stiller, and we hope you find this podcast helpful. So Julia, the government has given Canadians until January 27th to weigh in on how far to extend access to medical aid in dying, or MAID, as we'll call it from now on in this interview, for simplicity. Where has this come from? Give us the context of this online consultation we're being invited to participate in.
1: Last September, a Quebec court struck down the requirement that a person's death had to be reasonably foreseeable to be eligible for MAID. So this is what um, you'll hear us refer to as the Truchon decision. And the court gave the government six months to respond or to pass legislation before the decision would take effect. So taking effect would mean that the reasonably foreseeable requirement would no longer apply in the province of Quebec. That six-month deadline is up on March 11th. So it's the need to respond to this court decision that's prompting the consultation, the government could have appealed the decision, but it didn't. So the end of life requirement would still apply in the rest of the country after March 11th, unless the government amends the legislation to remove it, which both the Prime Minister and Minister of Justice have said they're willing to do. So The consultation then is asking if there are any other changes that should be made at the same time when the government passes legislation to remove the end-of-life requirement.
0: Okay, so help me understand why what Quebec is doing is going to impact the national picture.
1: So, the challenge in Quebec was to both the Quebec legislation and the federal legislation. The problem is if that requirement is struck down in the province of Quebec, but not in the rest of the country, it will be unevenly applied. And that gets into constitutional problems, it makes it vulnerable for challenge. So uh, in all likelihood, well, in fact, the government has said that they will change the legislation um, to somehow respond to that Quebec decision.
0: Okay. So if somebody um, has been sort of paying barely paying attention to this issue, but they aren't, you know, generally in favor of MAID. Uh, what, What do they need to know entering this online consultation? And I guess even before that, what is the current situation with MAID in Canada right now for people who are not totally up on this?
1: Okay, under our existing laws, uh, to be eligible for MAID, a person has to be 18 or older and able to make healthcare decisions for themselves. They have to make a voluntary request and give informed consent. And they must have what the legislation calls a grievous and irremediable medical condition. So grievous and irremediable medical condition is hard to say, but it's also explained like this in the legislation. It means the individual has a serious illness, disease, or disability that is in an advanced and irreversible state of decline. They are experiencing unbearable physical or mental suffering that cannot be relieved in a way that's acceptable to the patient. And their condition is at a point where their natural death has become reasonably foreseeable. So that's the point um, that was struck down in this Quebec court decision. Okay, so what actual change will would that usher in if it all
0: goes through? It's obviously making, it's expanding access, right?
1: Yeah, so that was sort of the, I think, the attempt of the government to balance um, protecting, you know, an individual's ability to make autonomous decisions about their healthcare and their life and the need to protect human life and to protect vulnerable Canadians. So I think... When people are filling out the survey, um, it looks pretty straightforward, but there's some context there that's really missing and I think it's important for people to understand. So first, I think it's important that people understand that the consultation is premised on the idea that this end of life requirement, that requirement that your death must be reasonably foreseeable in order to be eligible is no longer in place. The consultation isn't asking if that safeguard should be removed. It just assumes that it's been removed. And what this means is that maid could be available to individuals, for example, whose only medical condition is psychological or psychiatric. It means uh, it would be available to individuals living with disability or chronic illness, and these are populations we know already struggle to receive the health care and social supports they need and want to live their lives and who already face pressure to end their lives so it's in that context that the survey asks if existing safeguards are enough or whether the list of safeguards that they provide in the survey would be important or not so When I first looked through the consultation questions, I kind of printed it off, looked at it quickly. I thought some of the proposed safeguards seemed a bit, maybe, I don't know, (laughs) patronizing or possibly unnecessary. So there's one that asks about psychological or psychiatric evaluation for every person, for example. But when I thought about that context in which these were being proposed, that made would be available to people who were not at the end of life, then I felt really differently about mm-hmm. how important that safeguard was. So it's it's that kind of thing that I think people need to think through as they're answering these questions. Okay, and as for a Christian who is completely
0: against made, let's say, and that is the the person filling out the survey, probably they need to know that it's not the questions will not align with that viewpoint. Like the, the assumption is that made is happening in Canada, which it is. And so there are some questions where you have to make sort of the most life affirming choice perhaps. Is that mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So understanding that that is the premise, right? That, that this is now being expanded to different groups of people. Um, you know, you really, your options are limited. So the first question is kind of yes or no, right? Are the current safeguards going to prevent abuse? Um, so I would answer no. Mm -hmm. Um, and then to sort of go through the list of safeguards, um, we want to sort of, like you say, give the most life affirming responses. So, we want as many safeguards as possible, so I would say very important to all of those safeguards. Okay. And then I, you know, there's a comment section at the end um, that gives you a little bit of space and opportunity to say what you think. So you could say there. Listen, I don't think that eligibility should be expanded beyond what it is already. I think it's important that that end of life requirement remain for these reasons. I'm not sure what the word count is, how much space you have, but that is a place where you can express um, your concerns. You know, I am opposed to made generally, but I, I think it's really important that we not go beyond what we have now in terms of access and eligibility.
0: Uh, I've heard um, that the website is, you know, experiencing glitches because so many Canadians are responding. And when I first heard that, I thought, oh, good. And then I realized, oh, wait a minute, it could be people who are, you know, for blowing open the doors on Made as fully as it could be. So I guess we don't really know who's responding, but the EFC is asking Canadian Christians to fill out the survey, correct, and make their views known.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's really important. There's been a lot of uh, media articles about this in the last few days. And in interviews, the minister has said that there is a broad public abse- acceptance of made, And this may be true, but I think a lot of that acceptance is based on the understanding that most people have. And that is that the person being assisted in is dying or expected to die from their condition. But again, that's not what this consultation is talking about Um the survey is based on the assumption that a person's death doesn't have to be reasonably foreseeable. And, you know, as you said, there's a a great response to this. And the thing is, if the only people or the majority of the people who fill out the survey support expanding eligibility for MAID and don't support existing or additional safeguards, then the government will likely hear that as consensus. And they will introduce legislation to make those changes. I think It's also important to keep in mind the other questions the government's considering. So these are three that were included in the legislation for further study. They were sent off to the Council of Canadian Academies to do um, some studies. And these questions were whether MAID should be available to persons whose only medical condition was mental illness, whether MAID should be available by advance request, and whether MAID should be available to mature minors. So these three things keep coming up in these media reports and interviews use. So the survey does ask about advance requests for MAID. Um, right now, under the current legislation, it's a critical safeguard that you have to be able to consent at the time MAID is provided. We've heard stories out of the Netherlands about a woman with Alzheimer's who didn't remember making an advance request and had to be held down to be euthanized. So. That's a really disturbing account um, and a really disturbing example of the kinds of situations that allowing MAID by advance requests could give rise to. But the survey doesn't explicitly ask about whether MAID should be available to individuals whose intolerable suffering is psychological, even though the effect of removing that end of life requirement would likely be that they would be eligible. So I think it's really important that people who are concerned about the removal of the reasonably foreseeable requirement or who are concerned about the possibility of opening made by advance requests complete the survey, especially those parts, those boxes where you're actually able to say a little bit more about what you think. Yeah. I mean, the fact that the
0: survey is even a thing uh, indicates to some extent that the government listens and wants people's opinions. So how else can people be involved in this issue? They they fill out the online survey. Are there other things we should be doing?
1: Mm-hmm. I, I think it's really important. Um, the timeline here is is strange, right? The, the survey period will conclude before parliament even resumes. So given that context, um, we think it's really important for people to write to the justice minister and to ask explicitly that any new legislation that's introduced limit made to those who are at the end of life. The government doesn't have to remove that reasonably foreseeable requirement, or they could introduce different wording to the same effect that would still limit ed- eligibility to the end of life. And so I think it's important that we ask for that if that's something we think is important. I think it's also a good opportunity to raise the question of conscience protection. This was already a significant concern for many medical professionals under professionals under the existing laws. But if access is expanded, I think there are a lot of physicians who would currently not object to assisting a patient who's nearing the end of life who will have really grave concerns about assisting a patient who may be severely depressed or who has a disability. So it's a, you know, it's just such a difficult issue to work through. And so I guess I would ask people to pray also. It feels like a really critical moment in our nation. Removing this end of life requirement feels like a watershed change that will impact the lives of many vulnerable people.
0: Yeah, and let me encourage anyone who may be listening and feel, um, you know, confused or whatever. When you, I filled out the consultation, I may know a little more than the average person about this topic. I don't know, but through my work with the EFC, and I, I found it. You know, I took my time and please go fill it out it's it's not like intensely complicated if you think through each question and you listen to this podcast first and also we have some resources to help right julia where can people find those
1: Yeah, we uh, prepared sort of an action alert just sort of to inform people of what was going on about the consultation and to sort of talk and walk people through that. We also have a sample letter if you want to look at that and use that to sort of um, write your own letter to the minister or you want to use it directly. So we have those resources available on our website at www.theefc.ca slash made.
0: Wonderful. Thank you, Julia.
1: You're very welcome.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast. To listen to more and to subscribe to Faith Today, Canada's Christian magazine, please visit www.theefc.ca forward slash faith today.